God really changes lives. And it's not just, it's not because we gave our lives to, to Christ. It's not because we give our lives to Jesus, you know, then we're saved. No, that's, it's backwards. It's because Jesus gave his life on that cross. Amen? All right, guys, uh, before we go any further, I have a video I want to show you guys. Y'all check it out. I remember when I was 17 and a woman asked me, are you saved? I didn't have any idea what she meant. I was like, saved? What the heck is saved? The best thing I could think through was maybe she means, am I like my grandmother? And uh, I adamantly told her no, because <laughs> I'm not like my grandmother. I do hip-hop music. It's more than music. It's actually a culture. It's the lens by which you see the world. They talking reckless. What you expecting from the walking dead? Man, it's okay to be bold, passionate. It's masculinity. That's what I do. <laughs> I used to sneak and watch rap videos in my grandmother's house. I was too little. She wouldn't have let me watch them. And I would sit there and watch them, and I just marvel. Late at night, I found people to look up to. There were no... Uh, Barack Obama's, there were no Martin Luther King's and Malcolm X's, they'd all passed away, and so I had Tupac. I've been trapped since birth, cautious, cause I'm cursed. The fantasies of my family in a hearse. And they say it's the white man I should fit, but it's my own kind doing all the killing here. I wasn't a, the greatest athlete, definitely wasn't a scholarly student. I wasn't the toughest guy, um, but being able to rap was my source of significance. I grew up wrestling with significance because my, my father and my mother weren't together. Um, never met my father. He uh, became a drug addict and kind of let his life crumble. I felt like my dad was this piece of my life that I needed to have to feel like I was somebody. Having a single mother who worked a lot, you know, she just had to entrust me in the care of family members and different people a lot of times. I experienced abuse as a kid. I experienced neglect and, and uh, you know, different kind of things. And so I was just wanting real significance, and I didn't feel like I was going to get it trying to be uh, this manicured, good, all-around student in person. The people I looked up to were gangsters. You know, my uncle, I remember him, you know, showing me a gun. and I just wanted to be like those guys. So I took a, a BB gun and stood in the middle of the street and pointed it at a car and, um, and just saw the lady panic and freak out. And for me, that was just fun. I, I just I didn't have anything to do. I wanted to be back in the inner city. I wanted to be, you know, doing criminal activity. So I just kept rebelling and I, I kept doing worse in drugs, 16, fighting all the time. Got arrested in high school for stealing. He was just like, man, what are you, what are you gonna do with your life? Got put on a gang list. I remember thinking like, man, I guess I, I, I'm supposed to care. Went from drugs to drinking to I'm a wreck. Partying to I don't fit anywhere. I'm just this misfit of a person. My mother was like, you just need to read your Bible. And I remember ripping the pages out of the Bible and throwing them on the floor. And I said, I don't want this Bible. I just couldn't wrap my hands around this being true, this being real. My grandmother was a Christian. You know, I would have to go to church with her. It was, it was like older people. It was old people. So for me, church wasn't about God. And church was for them. It wasn't for me. 
was probably not real, probably just something people use as a crutch. I think as the emptiness started to, to get more profound, when I had to drink more, smoke more, find another woman, another woman, another woman, I was really, really, really in a dark place. 5.46 in the morning, tossing and turning, chest burning. Sermons in my head keep reoccurring. Having visions in my head of a kid crying at the feet of the father for all the wrong things that he did. Now I'm sweating in my sheets, can't sleep because my mind keep telling me I'm six feet deep. Don't remind me, even though I'm still alive, I can't tell. The way I'm living my life, I feel I'm going to hell. Um, I got invited by a friend to a conference and uh, you know, I'm really just more excited about being in a big city. I'm more excited about there being girls. I'm more excited about just what the city brings. I'm not really concerned about the conference. So I get to the conference and um, I see like, I see guys who have been shot from being in gangs. I see, you know, girls who were extremely promiscuous in the past. I see rappers, I see dancers, I see singers. I see people who came from the same background I came from, um, and they still embodied who they were culturally, but they were all in love with Jesus, and I'd never seen that before. And then I saw another group, and they, they were sold out for Jesus, and they were rapping, and, and you heard about it in their songs, and I was just like, what in the world? And as I listened to the lyrics, I was like, man, I don't know this. I don't understand this God, this God they're talking about. And then finally, uh, someone got up and said, do you know you've been bought with a price? And he told me the story of Jesus on Golgotha and, and him carrying the cross and him uh, bearing all of my sin, all of my lying, all of my cheating, all of my... My, my escapades, all of my drinking and drugging and put it on his own back. And he said, I was bought with a price. And it made me think, man, I'm, like, somebody thinks I'm significant enough to die for me. Somebody thinks I'm significant enough to climb up this mountain with this cross on his back and take nails in his wrists and his feet for me. I remember articulating like, God, get me out of this, just don't kill me. Do whatever you gotta do to get me out of this, just don't kill me. I was driving down the highway and I turned too quick and lost control of the wheel. My car flipped over again and again, the roof caved in, windshield caved in, no seatbelt, glass everywhere. My glasses that I had on were molded like kind of into the frame of the car and uh, and I didn't have a scratch. That was it. <laughs> I said, I get it. Called up my friends who I knew were living for Jesus and I said, we gotta make this happen. Um, I'm coming home. I saw change happening. I spent a lot of time searching for father figures. Just saw the evidence. And God has shown me that, you know, ultimately he's my father. It drives me to keep pressing. I started volunteering at a juvenile detention center. 
Some of those songs that I had written in my darkest times when I was crying out to God, I would do for him. And you just see him sitting there weeping. And time after time, they keep requesting it. Can you do that song again? Can you do that song again? I just need that to hold on to. I need something that's going to remind me that I need Jesus. It hit me like, this is what I want to do. I want to use music to to offer hope and encouragement to people. I was created by God, but I didn't want to be like him. I want to be him. The Jack Sparrow of my Caribbean. I remember the first created being and how he shifted the blame on his dame for food he shouldn't have eaten. And now look at us all out of eating, wearing designer fig leaves by Louis Vuitton, make-believing. But God sees through my foolish pride and that I'm weak like Adam, another victim of Lucifer's lies. But then in steps Jesus. All men were created to lead, but we needed somebody to lead us more than a teacher. For somebody to buy us back from the darkness, you can say he redeemed us. I've learned to stay close to my source of worth. I wanted to share that video. Um, this past couple of weeks, we were, we've been talking about, we've been going over a series called We Are Young. And this guy, Lecrae, this guy, he, he has impacted my life more than most people would know. You see, it doesn't matter what background you're from. It doesn't matter if you look at him and be like, man, I, man, I, I don't relate to this guy. Man, I didn't grow up you know, with gangbangers and stuff like that. Your background doesn't matter. What matters is that, you see, growing up, I was a young man. The year of 2000 and, uh, 2004. That summer is when I gave my life to Jesus. And let me tell you, that, that same night, my life was never the same. I never wanted to go back to the things that I was doing. I never wanted to go back. I knew what I found, and I grew more and more in love with Jesus. And I loved hip-hop, I loved hip-hop and I loved a lot of things, but I gave a lot of, a lot of that stuff away because I was done with my past. But, man, this, this dude steps in, and he begins to bring hope and encouragement. And his... Testimony is nothing like mine, but what was the same is that he gave his life to Jesus. And ever since then, he used his talent, his gifting, as a way for him to give hope and encouragement and life and truth. And man, I remember, man, he, you know, as a young man who was living for Jesus. Man, I mean, I mean, of course, you know, I wasn't, you know, doing everything perfect. Of course, I made mistakes. But, man, my eyes are focused on him. And, man, he gave me encouragement that, man, I can be young and I can still serve God. And he encouraged me. And the reason why I wanted to point this to you and the reason why I'm telling you this is because, man, Lecrae, this guy, the same guy that, that those of us who listen to, I mean, the guy is, you know, it, you know, is phenomenal. He is making an impact not just on the Christian culture, but in, and not even just the hip-hop culture, but just culture in general. He's making his mark, and, you know, and it's not for him. He does it for the glory of God. And he has the opportunity to share the gospel and share Jesus with people that would normally, you know, wouldn't ever hear the gospel. And, and the point that I'm making that he's using the avenue, that man, that is natural for him. It's his gifting and his talent. We, two weeks ago, we talked about that man, 
You don't have to wait until you're 30, 35 years old for you to be serious about Jesus. No, man, you can do it now. You can live for God, man. You don't have to follow the world. You ain't got to be like that, man. You can live for Jesus now. Last week, we talked about how we can do that. We said, and we talked about how we can do it through the talents and the giftings that God has given us. And we discovered some of those things. Some of you, you know, found out, man, you, man, you were, you know, people are encouraged whenever you give advice. Some people learn that, man, you are, you're, you're funny, man, and you can make people laugh. You know, some people learn that you're funny looking, but you, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. But some of you learned, you know, some gifting some, some, and some talents. And whether or not you were here or not, every single one of us, you have certain passions. There is somebody that you want to be. If everything happened right, man, you would love to do this. And you, would, and you would love to be here when you grow up. And you would love to be doing this. And this week, what I want to talk to you guys about is when we close this, I want to talk about not just not just that you're able to do it, but how, how to take the first step into serving God. You see, because that's one of the big questions is, you know, whenever I was younger, okay, cool, man. You, you, know, you know, Pastor Adam, you, know, you keep telling me that, but, you know, man, how can I do that? Man, what do I need to do? You know, what do I need to make happen in my life that I can start serving him? I mean, how do I do it? Well, guys, I'm going to and we're going to talk about that today. So if you have your Bibles, guys, if you're going to take notes, man, tonight is, tonight is the night to take them. Guys, I really want you to get this because this is going to be really good for you. Um, but um, it, w- w- whether you have a Bible or whether you have an iPhone or whether you have an iPad, whatever you got, you know, we'll, you know, you know, turn on your Bible, open your Bible, whatever it is. But we're going to get into this, okay? And we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I love this passage of Scripture. This, this encouraged me whenever... Um, whenever I was younger, um, and this is, and this is directly, um, uh, speaking to, Paul was speaking this to a church, but guys, I, I, I want to go through this. So, so in verse one, it says, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And then verse two says, um, and do not be con- yeah, do, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Okay, I'm going to blow through this, um, but um, this is going to be good. So, so you say, okay, listen, man, all right, Marcus, you know, man, man, man to be honest, more than anything, if I, if I was to be honest, man, I want to please God with my life. That's, that, man, that's what I want. I want to serve God. I want to do what I can. You know, sometimes it's tough, but you know what? I want to do this. Okay, what do you say? But what is the first step um, to serving God? Man, this, the first step we find in verse 1. The first thing, if you want to serve God, the, fir- the very first thing that you have to do is you have to surrender yourself to God. You got to surrender yourself to him. You got to give yourself up to him. What does that mean? That means that, you see, in life, what we like to do is we like to be behind the wheel of our own life. You know what I'm saying? We like to make our own decisions. We like to do what we want. And that's what culture teaches us, man. Do you. But the thing that we find is that when we, when we try to drive our own life, that vehicle of our life, what we do is we tend to find ourselves crashing and burning. We find ourselves in pit holes. Oh, man. We, you know, we find ourselves screwing up. We find ourselves in places. Man, how did I get here? And it's because that by ourselves, guys, it's going to happen every time. Why? Because we didn't design it. God did. 
And God knows exactly how to run it. He knows how to get you from point A to point B. So, guys, the first thing that you got to do, you got to surrender to God. You got to give your life to him. You got to say, God, I surrender everything to you. That includes your heart. Man, that includes everything in your heart. You say, you know what, God? Man, I give you the most sacred part of my life, my trust. Because let me tell you something. Sometimes trusting is, trust isn't always easy. But you know what? I promise you that God is, God, you are able to trust God. You can trust him. Okay? But not just that. Giving him your talents and your giftings. Giving him these things that, man, normally you would use for yourself and say, you know what, God? Man, I want to use this for you. Okay, God? I want to do, however I can do this, I'm giving this to you, God. Have your way. All right? So that's the first thing. We got to surrender ourselves to God. Um, The second thing is that we have to be transformed in our mind. Transform your mind. In verse 2, it says, I want to go and pull up verse 2 real fast. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. You see, transforming your mind, the second step is after you surrender yourself to God, we have to change the way that we think. You know, because through experiences and through life, you know, we begin, to de- we, get, we begin to develop a filter where we see life through. And that filter happens to not be the truth. It, it, it happens to be, you know, what we experience. But you know what, man, God wants, in order for us to really understand how to live for God, man, we have to change the way we think. We have to tra- completely change it. Uh, And the only way to do that is by getting into the word of God. Man, let me tell you, man, you know, I don't always like saying this, but man, you know, it's whenever people, if, if the older generation, most times whenever they label your generation, okay, when they say, you know, high schoolers and junior highs, whenever they label you, you know, things that they use, the words that they use, lazy, good for nothing. You know, they're not going to accomplish, you know, anything in life. You know, just lazy and, you know, they have no purpose. They don't care. They say things like that. But you know what, man? I, I refuse to believe that about your generation. And it's because of people like you that are not settling to live like everybody else is and, and, and just trying to follow the crowd. 98%, I'm sorry, 2% of this entire world create culture. That means that 98% of the entire world follows culture. But a part of that 2% are the Christians, are the Christians who are, who are saying, no, you know what, I'm not going to follow that way. I mean, I'm going to live for Jesus. So listen, guys, if, if you want to begin, the next step that you got to make is that you have to be transformed the way that you think. And the only way to do that is through the word. I mean, you got to get in that word. Um, every day, or sorry, every week we give you guys your Word of Life cards. Of course, you know, I know that every once in a while, you know, you may not read it or you may read it. Whatever it may be, we give you the opportunity that, man, once a day, I mean, you take a chapter and you, and you just take time, read it, digest it, and allow God to speak to you. And the more that you read it, the more that you begin to change. I'm telling you, man, it was hard, you know, you know waking up and having to do that every morning. But, man, man I, I mean, I'm not the same person. I'm not the same person that I am today. It's not just because I came to church. It was because I got into my word. And so, and, and so guys, the second thing that we have to do is, is we have to be transformed in our mind. And the last thing, guys, is that we have to seek to please him. Number one, 
Surrender yourself to God. Number two, transform your mind. And number three, guys, we have to seek to please him. At the end of um, verse two, it says that, you know, that, well, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, this is the part where most people, whenever I was your age, you know, they, they kind of get confused as you say, okay, you know, what's God's will? You know, like, how, how, do you, how, do you disting- like, how do you understand that? How do you distinguish that? You know, I, I want to do it, but I don't know what it is. Well, I want to talk about this. Seeking to please him is, is, is living to care at his will. And it is characterized by these three things, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. You see, good... Whatever is good is doing good things, okay? Let, let me hear from you all. What are some good things that we can do, okay? What are good things that we should do for people? Let's, let's just start. Good things, okay? And, you know, um, we talk about good deeds. What are some good deeds? Just think about it right here. Open the door for people, okay? What else? Come on. Gloria. Telling them that they're loved. Okay, right there. Building a house for charity, okay? Complimenting people, encouraging them. What else? When somebody drops me, you, you, you know, out of, cur- out of courtesy, you pick that back up for them. All these different types of things. How about whenever you're at school and somebody's being picked on, and then you go and, 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 and then you step in and say, hey, guys, that's not cool. How about whenever you're eating lunch with the same group that you eat with every week and then you see that same kid that, that gets picked on and he's a loner by himself and then you get up and you go sit with them and say, hey, what's going on? You know, my name's Trevor. You know, whatever it may be. Guys, good deeds are what God recognizes as his will. Whatever is noble, whatever is honoring, whatever is, whatever is of his nature, whatever is good, it is God's will for us to do good deeds, for us to do good things for people, okay? Now, it doesn't stop there, okay? We're going to keep going, but good deeds, that's how you can break it down. Secondly, is whatever is pleasing or acceptable, okay? Now, this isn't talking about just deeds. This is talking about the heart. I'm talking about motives, that whenever you go and pray for somebody, you're not doing it so that everybody else can see you pray for that person, you know, you're not doing it for that reason, but you're doing it out of honesty. You're doing it out of purity. You're doing it out of, out of, uh, out of honor for God. Whenever you go and you share your money with somebody, you know, who is in need, you're not doing it and so that you can tell somebody about it later. You're doing it and so that, man, man I just want to help this person. Man, I want to honor God. I, I, you know, and when we do that, that is pleasing to God. It is, it, it, is, it is God's will for us to do things that are acceptable to him. And the last thing is what is perfect. And now what perfect is not, is not perfection, okay? Obviously, we're not perfect. We can never, you know, but the word perfect here is word maturity. In other words, grow. Growing in your maturity. And this is specifically in the area of integrity, can anybody tell me what an integer is? Integer. It's a math term. They're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> what is it? It's a, it's a, specific, a specific type of number. Boom. Oh, boom. Whole number. There it is. An integer is a whole number. 
And the word integrity, the word integrity comes from the word integer. Hey, guys. Almost done. Integrity comes from the word integer. Meaning, when we're talking about integrity, and we're talking about a, 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 a whole, we're talking about a whole person. So what that means is that when you have integrity, when you're a whole person, it means that the same person that you are when you're here at church is the same person that you are when you're at school. Or, when you're, or the same person that you are when you're at school is the same person that you are whenever you're at home. It's a whole person. It's, it's man, I, I don't change for anybody else. I'm just a whole, uh, man, this is me. But it's not, integrity speaks of the good of a person. It, it, speaks, it speaks of the goodness. Not of just, you know, somebody who's a whole, you know, who, you know, who's the same person, but just goes around, you know, doing a bunch of, you know, uh, stupid stuff. But, you know, man who's, man, who's living to do what is right, but all the time. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that this person is perfect, that they do everything right. Obviously not, but, but they seek to do what is right. And this, that, that's what this is talking about, that you grow in that area to say, you know what, God, I want to do what is right. So, guys, um, this is what I wanted to talk to you guys about. You see, um, listen, I, I don't want to beat a horse, you know. I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but, guys, you know, um, I can keep saying it over and over again, but, guys, I'm telling you, man, living for Jesus, ever since, I mean, I was in 10th grade, man, I've never regretted a day of it. Man, I, I mean, I love God with all my heart, and it's 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 enjoyable. And I'm not here to convince you of anything. I'm here to tell you that, man, if you're living for God, man, don't be ashamed of it. All right, don't be ashamed of your faith. Lecrae, well, you know, I'm a group. What they call our group is called One One Six Click, meaning One One Six coming from Romans One Sixteen. Which does anybody know that scripture? What it says? Boom. I am not of the, sh- I'm, I'm not of the, sh- what? I'm not of the shamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And that's what, that's what they are all about. Listen, man, if, it, man, if you're saved, man, don't be ashamed. I mean, don't change for somebody else. Man, you be you. You live for God. Man, you give him glory. Man, you, man, you do what is right. And don't be ashamed of it. Don't apologize for it. And if you're here and you don't know for sure whether you're saved, you don't know for sure whether you know that you're going to heaven, man, don't leave here tonight without making that decision. It's the best decision. Why wait? Your, your time is now. And on top of that, you have a plan and a purpose for your life. And you can find some of that. God is hitting those signals in your talents, in your passions, your desires, all those things. Man, some of you, oh, man, when you get around, uh, man, when you get around writing, whoo, man, y'all love to write. Oh, boy. Now, when it comes to art, oh, man, you're getting down. When it comes to athletics, man, man, man you are a natural athlete. Let me tell you that, man, I got a prophecy when I was whenever I was younger, and I know it's going to come to pass that, 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 that I was going to open up, um, it was some type of basketball clinic type thing to be able to reach people through the area of basketball. Man, I believe that. And they, they, the prophecy was like towards like the end of my 20s. Man, guys, man, that, man, that excites me. When I'm on the basketball court, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a totally different person. I'm comfortable. Where's your comfort zone? Not, not comfort zone, but where are you, what are you good at? When you are doing it, what do you feel most natural at? Wherever that is, take that and say, man, how can I use this for God?
Does that make sense, guys? But listen, guys, if you want to serve God, man, surrender your life to him. If you haven't, do it tonight. Secondly, man, transform, transform your mind. Get in that word. Read your Bible and allow God to speak to you. The number three, seek to please him with your life. Look for opportunities to, um, uh, you know, to do what is good and to, uh, and, to, and to have the right motives behind those things and then also to grow in your faith, to grow in Christ. And that is God's will. Seek those things out, guys, and I promise you, I promise you that, man, you will begin to see uh, um, God using you in your, fr- excuse me, in your friend's lives. All right? Is that good? All right, guys, well, listen. Um, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. What we're going to do is we're going to split into small groups.